Welcome to Winning the Inner Game. This is Colton Lindsay. Hey, real quick before you watch the video. Are you looking for the most effective and affordable real estate sales training and coaching on the planet? Well, go to fearlessagent.com and check it out today. Enjoy the video. Hey guys, it's Colton Lindsay here with Winning the Inner Game. Here's another winning series interview. I'm super excited today. You know, I love doing these interviews because I get to hear from different perceptions uh, and perspectives all across North America when it comes to the real estate sales business, which I'm in and I love and I enjoy. Um, I also want to just let you know that these uh, interviews are sponsored by Fearless Agent. You can check out fearlessagent.com for the absolute most effective and affordable coaching and training. And also Mojo Sells. It is the dialing system CRM for your real estate sales business. So let's hop into it. We've got Scott Marlowe here from just outside of Phoenix in the Scottsdale market. Scott, you're on, man. Tell us in 30 to 45 seconds about yourself, how you got to where you're at in real estate. I know that's short time. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm Scott Marlowe. Uh, Scott from scottsdale.com. It's my website. I've uh, been in the business for, gosh, about 15 years now. Um, let's see. live in Scottsdale. I sell houses all over the valley here in the greater Phoenix area. Um, I work for Solutions Real Estate. My office is in Scottsdale right at uh, Fashion Square Mall. And uh, on track to do about 50 deals this year. And I guess awesome, that's awesome, man. So you've been in the business 15 years. What, what were you doing before you got into real estate 15 years ago? I was a computer consultant flying around helping companies install Oracle software. Oh my gosh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> <laughs> the travel was cool, but the job got old. They sent me yeah. to New York in winter, and uh, I said, screw this, and got my real estate license and went back to the warm. Arizona. Um, <laughs> dude, I couldn't imagine Buffalo in the winter. I hate Utah in the winter. Buffalo yeah. sounds miserable. So what, what made you take the leap into real estate? Why real estate? Um, well, I, I knew a couple of people that had done it and uh, a guy from my high school is really successful at it. He didn't, I went to college and everything and got a degree in finance. And this guy that I know in high school went, jumped right into real estate and did really well. He owns a bunch of century 21 franchises. And I always thought, gosh, if Larry can do it, I can do it. <laughs> That's the best foot line ever. If Larry can do it, I can do it, which is truth for you guys that are listening in or watching in. If Larry can do it, anyone can do it. Right. You know, I think that goes true to, to all of us, Scott. I mean, I always look at freak, dude. If I can do it, really anyone can do it. I, I failed the test the first three times. You know what I mean? Somehow I managed to make it this far and, and I'm succeeding. I don't know how, you know? That's how it is. So... Here's a question then. So 15 years in the business, you have seen when the market was really going wild to when it crashed, to when it's going wild again. Yep. During that time, we have just made some amazing transitions. What are, what are some of the key transitions you've seen in the real estate world in just the last 15 years? Because it's huge changes. Gosh, so many changes. Um, I mean, I, yeah, when the market tanked, it, we got hit really hard here in Phoenix. So I went from calling FISBOs in a traditional market to where that just didn't work for me anymore. I had like 14 listings and it seemed like I was doing everything right, but none of them sold back in, you know, 2000, late 2007, 2008. Um, everything was short sale foreclosure here. So, um, I mean, I, I was doing, I was in Mike Ferry coaching a long time and I'm like, all I got to do is keep calling and push through this. And I was, I was getting listings and nothing was selling. I was like, man, what do I do? So, uh, started doing foreclosures, uh, Went to work for a company that gave me REO listings. So kind of bounced around, did that for about a year or so. Had 55 foreclosure listings and I just, I hated REO, man. Um, 
it's 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 almost like a job, like a corporate job again. Um, too much, too much work for not enough money. I was only getting one percent on each listing, and oh. all the listings were under a hundred grand because the market was at the bottom. So, um, as soon as I could, I went back and and started prospecting Fizbo's again. And by 2010, I was back to uh, no more REO, back to traditional real estate, calling Fizbo's and expires and getting listings again, and back to traditional. Have been there since. Awesome. So what is your, your sources of business? You mentioned Fizbo's, Aspired. Yep. Is that it? Or do you, do you have other avenues? Of business? Uh, no, I, you, I get a lot from my database. Um, I've been in Mike Ferry coaching on and off for pretty much the whole 14 years or so that I've been licensed. So I have a big network. I get, I get like six or seven Mike Ferry referrals every year uh, just from agents I've met at Mike Ferry events. I've been to like 68 Mike Ferry events over the years. So I have oh, a wow. great agents there. Um, so I, I get a decent amount of traffic for a decent amount of business from that. Um, and just my database of what I call my PC, um, that, that probably accounts for about one third of my business. And then Fizbo's are about half of the business. I get, I do mostly Fizbo's. We get about 10 new Fizbo's a day here and that's where I get the majority of my business. That's where my prospecting's focused and that's what I do every day. That's awesome, man. So it sounds like you focus on getting Fizbo's expired and then creating a past client database and working that personal circle going yep. forward. Sweet dude. So 25 deals from your personal circle and maybe 25 from, from Fizbo's or is, or is it a little yeah, bit less? Okay. Is that 25 from Fizbo's and expired or mainly from Fizbo's? It's mainly from Fizbo's. Uh, last year I think I did two expireds and all the rest were Fizbo's. Yeah. That's, that's like me. I mean, I used to do a ton of Fizbo's and like maybe a handful of expires. Right. Whereas now, like honestly this year I haven't even done one Fizbo, man. I just like, I stopped calling them. It's just my database producers. I mean, when you create a, cause I've got it sectioned off um, in, in my SOI and past clients. And then I've got my people farm, which is kind of like a broader aspect. Yep. Dude, I would, I just love getting those laydowns, but I wouldn't have got there without those Fizbos, man. I love Fizbos in, in the long run. Yeah. Here. I still do it and I feel bad if I'm not calling it. Like if a week goes by and I'm not, I haven't called the Fizbo, I'm like, oh man, something's wrong. Yeah. They're, then I love going back because there's this stack of them that I haven't called yet. I'm like, oh man, look at all these. There's pages of them that I haven't called. So It was, uh, when I stopped calling Fizbos was last, probably middle of last year. I had a hard time because like I felt like I needed to do that. But what I noticed was my database was growing so big. I started neglecting it, you know, because I was like, I got to go Fizbo's. Yeah. It, was, it was kind of a weird shift to be able to do it because you, you get that built in for the hunger of Fizbo's. That's cool, man. So 50 deals, what, what does that equal as far as, uh, oh, let's ask, what's your average price point there where you're at? Uh, average price point this year is right around 300 Nice. So, uh, three hundred thousand at fifty deals. What does that equate? Uh, equate roughly GCI. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What's this gonna be? Uh, I don't even track my GCI. I track the number of deals, so I have to figure it out real quick. I don't know. It's about seven thousand dollars per deal. So it's gonna be like three fifty. Awesome, dude. So seven seven thousand, like after a split or something with your company, or how does that? What's the? It's seven thousand gross, and then. Yeah, after my account okay. grows and come up. Yeah, no, I got you. Cool, man. So let's talk about uh, you're, you're doing 50 deals a year, $350,000. You, you've got a great life. Obviously, you're making that much money. So what does your day look like? I mean, if you wake up from the morning to the close, what's mm -hmm. the first thing you're doing in the morning? Uh, when I wake up, I'm working on my mindset immediately. Like as soon as my eyes 
open in the morning. My alarm goes off at 4.45 and I'm like, today's going to be a great day. Great things are going to happen to me today. And as I'm turning off my alarm before my feet hit the ground, I'm imagining the perfect day. I'm like, I'm, I'm going to, everybody I talk to is going to be happy to hear from me today. I'm going to get a listing today. <laughs> I'm going to have a great workout. And then uh, I usually hit the gym at like five or five 30. I'm at the gym. I do a workout and um, come back shower. And then I'm back at my office by 8 a.m. Contacting Fizbos. So 4.45 to 8 a.m., you're working on your mindset and just getting the intention for the day set. Is that, right. is that right? So if you guys are listening to this on my podcast or just watching this video right now, recorded or live, that is the one key thing. Is I have interviewed top agents all across North America, mega producers, top coaches, top performers. They're always out of bed by at least five o'clock. I mean, at least five o'clock, and some of them as early as you know, my friend Josh right there in uh, Scottsdale, or yeah. I mean, uh, Sun Sun. What is it Sunrise or Sun? I don't know. He's the other side of, of Phoenix, right? He's up at three thirty. It's freaking crazy, man. So awesome. So you hit the phones eight o'clock. You dive right into Fizbo's expireds. How do you divide up your prospecting time? Um, I used to hit expireds early, but I don't know. I just it seemed like the expired the new. I used to always call the new expireds first, but there's so many people calling the new expireds. It's it's. I found that it almost wasn't even worth it here lately to call new expireds in the morning because they're just getting hammered. And they're getting hammered by a lot of like ISAs and people who aren't that skilled. But even even still, when you're the tenth, twentieth person to call, it's they're still ticked off, and it's still really, really. There's a lot of resistance there with new expired. So to be honest, I stopped calling them. I just do ninety percent Fizbos now, and then I'll call old expireds that that have been expired for two weeks, thirty days, ninety days, something like that. Do you feel that as I mean, because the model of real estate with mega teams and inside sales agents are, are growing. This model is really maybe the last three to four, five years. As this starts to shift, do you think the real estate, how it's done in general, I mean, the basics probably say the same, but do you think the overall look of a model of real estate agents will change going forward and is changing? I do, yeah. And I, I see it just from the phones, from calling, because I, you know, people, people tell me, oh my gosh, you actually it sounds like English is your first language because they're, they're getting calls from people in the Philippines or whatever. And, oh my God, it doesn't sound like there's 20 people in the background calling saying the same thing that you are. Wow, it's cut. You know, so when you do get in contact with them, you, you can tell just from the feedback that you get from them that they can tell the difference between someone who's calling from a mile away versus 6,000 miles away. Yeah. I mean, one of the things too, as I, I've, I hardly go on any appointments directly from Fizbo's and Expires anymore. Not to say you can't get business from there. You can. Clearly, your proof with for sale by owners. I see this direction of just building massive databases like call centers mm-hmm. and pretty much you staying in front of your database. And when that time pops up that they're thinking of buying or selling, they're going to get a hold of you and your real estate sales team. And I do think that that's the way it's going, but being coached by Mike Ferry for – 12 plus years, I just feel this need that I have to call. <laughs> and if I don't, like, the yeah. here, I'm going to go broke or something. So, yeah, like, I have to call. And I, I don't know if I'll ever feel okay just believing in that database that they're going to come to me. <laughs> so, after, um, well, and that's what I found too, Scott. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually, I still prospect from usually from eight to 11 every single day. Yep. It's just, and I, I do, this last week, I, I, I always do the first half hour expires because. A lot of those, and you probably know this, they don't, 
list right away. They're not, they actually changed their plans, right? And my right. target's not to get those ones I'm going to interview against seven other agents on. My target's to get relationships with those ones that I'm going to incubate over the next six months, right? Gotcha. And get them into my database. So I maybe do a half hour of those. And I have been doing a little Fizbo's recently, maybe 20 mm -hmm. minutes of it. Uh, so as I do that, what I've noticed, it takes me two to two and a half hours a day just to call my database to stay up on top of it now. And so it's like the prospecting never actually goes away in this business. Whether you're calling Fizbo's, Expires, Database, Cold Calls, if you're listening, Scott can testify. You must be on the phones. True or true? Absolutely. <laughs> how, how, so going forward, you're, you're on the phones for, with, for sell by owners. What time do you get done with those guys? Oh, 9, 9.30, something like that. Okay, so it's 9, 9.30. What happens at 9, 9.30 then with your day? Um, then I'll switch. And uh, by then, I, to be honest, I usually set at least one appointment, sometimes two or three with Fizbo's. Um, I find that Fizbo's are really easy to set an appointment with. And then it's, um, it's a matter of pre-qualifying them. And, and you almost have to incubate the Fizbo's, kind of like you said, with your database a little bit too. Um, so I'm going through the the listing appointments I've set and saying, okay, which ones am I really going to go on? Cause some of them are like, Hey, can you come out tonight? And I'm like, okay, let's see. Am I really going out? What's the price? What's their motivation? Da, da, da. Should I go um, from there? I'm like, okay, what's my, what's my schedule really look like? Are these real appointments or are they not? Um, I have, I have three appointment slots every day that I'm trying to fill basically at two 30, three 30 and like five. And I'm like, okay, I want to, I want to fill these three appointment slots every day if at all possible. So that's what I'm trying to do. And if, if they're filled, great. And if they're not, then I'm like, then I'll move to older expireds that are, like I said, two weeks, a month, 30, 30 40, 95 days old. Some of those older ones that, that are kind of cultivated out a little bit from all the agents. Yep. So with, with these FISBOs, you, you knocked it on the head. I remember this when I was doing FISBOs a lot. If let's say you set 10 appointments, how many of those do you think will be real appointments that you'll actually go on? Uh, maybe about half. I'd say five. Yeah. The consensus that I've asked that question across the country has been four to five. So 40 to 50% of them. Yeah. So that's a pretty fair number. I think that mine was about 40, 45% that I would actually get on for sure. Yep. So does, do you, do you find that when you set two or three FISBO appointments by nine, nine thirty, you kind of get maybe like lose the, the run to, to prospect a oh, little bit more? I think I'm like, the greatest realtor ever. I'm like, Oh, this is easy. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know, but so, so after three appointments, it's really like going to turn into one. And then once you get on these physical appointments, it's harder to convert them. I find than expired. It's like the old expired, like you're saying, that's, that's uh, sort of not getting called by everybody anymore. And um, it's, it's easier. It's, I think it's, it's maybe more difficult to set the appointment with that expired, but I find that it's easier to get them to sign a listing contract at the appointment when it's that older expired. But the FISBO that I'm usually talking to the FISBO the first day they're on the market and it's, it's a big challenge to get them to sign a listing contract the first day you meet them when they've only had their house on Zillow for a day. Sometimes they haven't even been on Zillow for a day. I'm calling them in the morning. They literally just put it on an hour ago and I'm meeting with them like, you know, five hours later. That's pretty easy, man. Awesome. So what time are you wrapping up your phone calls for the morning? Uh, usually by about 10, 30, 11. 11 o'clock. So it's 11 o'clock now. What, what is, what's Scott Marlowe doing next? Uh, I'd say some lead follow-up going through. I have, I have all these manila folders of FISBOs that either talked to or I've met once or twice. 
and I'm going through there and doing lead follow-up with them, kind of seeing where they're at. You know, I'm always going after their motivation. Um, I'm also caught by, I'm also top coached by Kevin Ward now. Kevin Ward is really big about going after their motivation and not saying, "Hey, are you ready to list your house?" But say, "Hey, are you still looking to get to San Francisco?" And yeah. make it more about, "Hey, let's get you to San Francisco to get kicked." You know, get closer to that new job, stop stop telecommuting to work, whatever their motivation is. Talk to them about their motivation. And don't I, I, I rarely use the words, let's list your house. I'll say, I'll, I'll say, you know, let's get you to San Francisco or wherever, wherever their motivation is. Awesome, man. So doing. do you find yourself doing that in your presentation as well? Talking to get you to San Francisco. Um, Kevin Ward's taught me a lot about um, the the importance of the words that I use and resistance triggers. So that's one of the main things that I've changed here in the last year is really changed both the scripts that I use when I'm on the phone and my listing presentation is, uh, first of all, being much more focused on their motivation and not so much getting the listing. It's, it's more about me helping them get to, you know, wherever they're going to. It's not about uh, list your home with me. It's about let's get you to San Francisco. Yeah, that's a big difference. Yep. And, and I think that you'll find when you're talking about their motivation and what's in it for them, right? Yep. You'll find that they'll enjoy the transaction a lot more. They'll be more excited about it and they'll send you more referrals. I was at uh, a Mike Ferry conference once, I think it was in, uh, in 2014, 2000, yeah, probably 2000, maybe 2015, 2014, I don't remember. It was when it was in Disneyland. Did you go to the production oh, retreat? Sure. Was in I got my picture with Minnie Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so when I was there, um, you know, that's when I heard Mike say that 25% to maybe 35% of your business should come from your referrals and database, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And then 65 to 75% should come from FISBOs and expires. I think that is batshit crazy, man. Yeah. You, one of the, the biggest producers that comes from the Mike Fair organization is, I can't remember her last name, Lucy. Do you know that Lucy gal from Ohio? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever heard her, she says she's got a database of 6,500 people, right? Wow. And she's got this, this senior citizen lady, I don't know how old she is, right. you know, in her 60s or something, that she hops on the phone from 10 to 2 just calling that database. And to me, it's like, okay, how do we learn how to do that, right? right. How do we do that versus just how do we convert physicals expireds forever? That's, that's what I've always been curious about the Mike Fort Ferry organization. How, why do you think that is? I mean, because Kevin Ward, he talks more about your personal circle than... Absolutely, yeah. Right? He says people want to work with the people that know you, like you, and trust you. And I think that's Lucy's database that you're talking about. She's got 6,500 people that know her, like her, and trust her. It's way better to call those people than an expired where you're the 37th person to call by nine and four. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to point something out that Scott said. By 10.30, maybe 11, he's finishing outbound, new, uh, outbound calling new contacts, and then he moves to follow-up. So how long are you doing your follow-up till? Uh, probably half hour, 45 minutes till 11.30 to noon, depending on how many, how many people are answering and how many leads I have. But it's, it's, yeah, 30 to 45 minutes, something like that. Okay, so you're wrapping up by 11, 11.30 for the day. What or, I mean for prospecting and follow-up, so 11.30 to let's say 2 o'clock, what's happening in your midday section? Uh, grab a quick lunch, and then I'm preparing for appointments. Like I said, I have these appointment slots. My first appointment's usually at 2.30, um, so I'm preparing for that appointment. I'm running a CMA. Um, I have all these pre-listing packages ready to go with listing agreements, um, 
you know, my plan of action, all it's it's all in a folder. So all I really need to do is print their actual CMA, and um, it's pretty much good to go after. And their net sheet, and then pretty much ready to go. So it doesn't take me that long to prepare for an appointment, but grab a quick lunch, and then by two thirty, I need to be at my first appointment, which usually I'm driving someplace that's you know twenty to thirty minutes away from my office. Um, a lot of my appointments, you know, I'll have a day where I'll go to one part of town, like Chandler, Mesa, Gilbert. I'll have, I'll do that one day because that's kind of the Southeast Valley. I'll have a North Valley day the next day where I'll go up to, to North Phoenix or Cave Creek or North Scottsdale. And then I'll have another day where I'll kind of stick to the West side. I try to so, like that as much as possible. So here's something that's interesting that, uh, cause I, when I was, I was in there, I think I was in Phoenix in February, I was speaking at an event for, yeah. um, GSD mode and, and then making some videos for Fearless Agent. And right. I didn't know the area well, so I got a hotel room in like Northwest Phoenix right. at the uh, Embassy Suites. And I'd stayed in an Embassy Suites before and it was pretty decent, right? But I went there, dude. I swear I saw like chalk lines of <laughs> and heroin needles. Right. And <laughs> What's up with the west side of Phoenix, man? Yeah, I don't know. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> So it is true. It wasn't just a figment of my imagination. Okay. Well, there's, uh, you know, it's like any other, we're the fifth largest city in the United States. There's good parts and bad parts. So, yeah. So if any of you guys are looking to stay in Phoenix, go to the east side. Is that what you're saying? Uh, that's where, that's where I would go. But I mean, there's nice parts in the, in the West Valley too. I don't want to, I don't want to say that. I mean, there's, you know, newer, nice areas in, in the West side as well. So. Yeah. Okay, I just must have missed those then. Yeah. <laughs> so you're prepping CMAs, you're grabbing a quick lunch. I want to ask this question. Do you eat out or do you take your lunch? I eat out almost every day. Okay, so when you eat out, how long does it take you to go out, grab lunch, and come back and be working? 45 minutes to an hour, not that long. Do you, so you pretty much have what? kind of an hour of a break kind of to mix up your day. My office is, is walking distance to like – literally like a hundred places to eat. I'm next to a mall, a food court. There's like every restaurant and everything you could want, like right outside my office. It's probably 115 degrees and I'm wearing a tie. So it's not conducive <laughs> to walking very far. <laughs> That's funny. So then you're on your appointments at 2.30, possibly 3.30 and 5-ish, right around yep. there. Yep. You go out, do your listing presentation, get it signed. And, and what time are you typically done for the day? I'm getting home around 5.36 usually. And then by then I've got all kinds of emails and all kinds of stuff I gotta do. So it's almost like I need to, I come home, I get my laptop out and I'm like debriefing. I'm going through all the email cause I'm not answering my phone when I'm out on listing appointments and stuff. And I don't even like to answer my phone when I'm driving to listing appointments. I have this, you know, I'm trying to get myself fired up. I'm trying to get myself. That's another thing. When I go to listing appointments, it's, I'm, I have this little routine that I do where I'm, I'm listening to to music that's getting me all fired up. I'm, uh, you know, being high energy. I'm thinking, you know, I'm gonna help this person get to San Francisco, wherever they're going. Um, you know, I'm gonna list this house. I'm gonna help them get what they need. Da 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 da. da. And I'm uh, when I get to the house, I come out. I take a picture of the house. I'm typing in Facebook, new listing coming soon. You know, all the specs of the house. I don't press post. I just leave that screen up on my phone while I'm meeting with them. And then my plan is to leave the house, get in my car, and press post on that. Facebook thing that says new listing coming. Oh, nice. I like the way to create the future there. That's awesome, man. So, so I don't want to be answering my phone and getting all distracted. I, I want to stay focused. Even if I'm 10, 15 minutes from the appointment, I'm not answering my phone. I'm focused on 
getting these people to San Francisco? The greatest thing I ever did, and I know uh, my mastermind partner, Brian Casella does this, is turned off every notification for my, my personal cell phone. And, right. and I just use Google Voice, right? Yep. I stopped answering my phone and it's the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Right? I don't have to talk to people anymore right. unless I'm calling them. It's right. awesome. So as you're out there, you're prospecting, you're, you're at lunch, you're on appointments, you're making contracts get signed. I mean, that's the goal. Who's running the back end stuff, putting your listings up, scheduling your showings? How you I need your an assistant. That's my next step. I have a transaction coordinator and he's great, but I need someone managing my email. Because like I said, I, I have another, when I'm done for the day, I'm not done for the day. I'm responding to my emails and voicemails from when I was gone the last three hours in the afternoon. So, so that's the assistant. stepping stone that takes you from, from doing 50 deals to 100 deals then is what you're saying. That's your uh, next. Yeah, that's, that's what everybody tells me, but. I still haven't hired an assistant. Awesome, man. Yeah. Hey, it, it is a lot of work because it's like, um, you know, I've, I've hired, I've had my assistant for about three and a half, four, actually probably four and a half years now. And my second assistant, Garrett, who's a rock star for just over three years. And then going through the hiring process of expanding my sales team is not everyone's a fit, right? For, for you, for your organization, for prospecting, for real estate. And it's, how do you find those those talented individuals? And that's a little bit of a struggle, I think. True. Cool, man. So what's the goal? What, where are we looking forward with, with Scott Marlowe and your sales, uh, sales team and, and what you're doing there in Scottsdale? Well, the goal is to hire an assistant. The goal is to start a small team. And um, I want to start working my way to financial freedom. I want to buy – eventually, I want to I own a self-storage facility. And maybe a couple of rental properties. I still, I'm always going to want to sell real estate. I love what I'm doing, but I don't want to have to sell. You know, I want to, I want to, uh, to get to financial freedom, which I'm not, I'm not there yet. But that's, that's the main goal. So share, share with us what is your, what does financial freedom look like to you? What is that vision? It just means that my passive income is paying for my expenses. So awesome. Yeah. I, I love that definition because I, I'm a fan. Of Dave Ramsey a little bit. I don't know. Have you heard of Dave Ramsey? Oh yeah, big cash flow thing. Right, everything probably heard of him. But to me, there's this misconception of financial freedom being debt free. That's not financial freedom, right? Because you got to still pay the trash bill, you got to pay your phone bill, you got to pay the gas, right? It's when when your expenses are covered by your passive and or residual income, right? And to the next level, not only your expenses, but of the expenses of the lifestyle that you want, you desire. I, I think a lot of my followers and the listeners maybe are starting to catch on to that. What turned you on to the idea of financial freedom? Um, well, I mean, you mentioned Dave Ramsey, and I've listened to a lot of his stuff, and I, I like it. But the, the problem is it's, it's almost cramping down on your lifestyle. To, to, and I don't want to do that. I like, I like new cars. I like traveling. I like, you know, I like going out to dinner and stuff and, and that's okay. If, you know, you just, you just have to make more to, to, to be able to earn that lifestyle. Yeah. And so that's why I like the, what I just said, where your, your passive income pays for your expenses. You know, you, I'm not going to, you know, buy a yacht or anything, but I'm also going to not, I'm not going to drive a, you know, 300,000 mile car either. <laughs> so You're not going to drive a Chevrolet Cavalier. <laughs> hey, I used to drive one dude till about 2012. <laughs> so don't knock the cab, bro. Right. <laughs> but I, I had first heard the idea of financial freedom probably when, you know, I'd heard it, but I didn't even get it. Probably when I was about 23 from a guy named Garrett Gunderson. And then 
didn't really knock on me again. You know, I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'd heard about passive income. It sounded cool, but I still didn't get it till probably about 2012, about gee, probably about the end of 2012 when I got the idea. And I linked up with a company. And I know Kevin studied with New Peaks uh, through the Quantum Leap program. Yep. I, I started through Mainer Mind Experience and Quantum Leap, dude. And from, from the end, probably October 2012 till March, that was my timeline to get financial freedom. And I thought that there was going to be this glorious like moment like, whoa, you're here, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, well, now what am I going to do, right? Like, what's the next thing? Right, right. Although it does make it a lot easier to fly to Los Angeles for the weekend or to, you know, to, to Hawaii for a week or Brazil or whatever. It makes, makes that much, much easier for sure. So what, what, what drives you? Like what, what's the future? You're hitting financial freedom. Like what's, what's the big goal, the big purpose for Scott and Scott's life? Uh, I mean, I honestly, I don't know. I, I don't really have, after like I have a five-year plan and after that, that's as far as I find out. I don't know. I think I got kids. I don't have this big like. Got, I want my kids to graduate or pay for a wedding or anything like that. I just, I don't know. I have a five-year plan, and that's it. God, man, dude, kids are expensive. I'll tell you what. Oof. Just yeah. my daughter. She's in like tumbling and dance, and like, like six hours of practice a week, and I'm like three hundred bucks a month. I'm like, right. dude, what the heck? You know, and that's just when she's four years old. I can right. imagine when she's older. Yeah, wait till high school. <laughs> I, I remember hearing Tony Robbins talk about the five year, 10 year, 20 year plan. And all these people make these 20, 30, 40 year plans and yet they change, right? I don't know that there's really, I mean, I don't know there's much more sense to have more than a five year plan personally. Like, cause that's, that's all I have. I don't the, know if that's bad or good, but I mean, to me, the dynamics of your interests change, like what you're doing right. now versus 15 years ago. I mean, were you making 350000 a year when no. you were 50? Yeah, no. right? So I'm guessing that you don't look off the left side of the menu now checking the prices to buy what you want to eat, <laughs> right? You're like, oh, well, what and yet you probably used to eat a lot of chicken, right? right. <laughs> and now you're getting whatever you want on the menu. Yeah. So, so your desires change, you know? Exactly. Awesome, man. So what would you give as advice to a brand new real estate agent that just got into the business. What would you What would you say to them? Uh, I've, I've actually mentored two, and the best, the the one they're performing really well. And one of the best pieces of advice I could give you is make a list of everybody that you know and let them know you're in real estate. Go through your go through your Facebook friends. Go through you know your cell phone. Go through your email and everybody that you know. Make a list of them. Get their name, phone number, and email, and just call them and let them know that you're a realtor now. And you'd be surprised how many deals will just fall on your lap. And no, they already know you, like you, and trust you. And even though you're gonna, it's gonna be your first real estate deal, they already know you, like you, and trust you. And that's, I think that's the way you're gonna get your first deal, probably your first few deals. Yeah, and, and just continue to build that database. It's amazing to me how many agents wanna just go straight in and just start conquering FISBOs, which is, I'm not saying don't conquer FISBOs at all, but you've got two, 300 people that know you, like you, and trust you. Why are you not calling them, right? And any new agent that joins our company, Keller Williams, I, I always kind of observe them. And they never get to putting that list together. It blows my mind. I don't get it. And it's such a powerful list. Awesome, man. So how can people reach out to you, uh, either through social media or any yeah. other ways of contact to send uh, referrals to you? Yeah. 
scottfromscottsdale.com is the easiest thing to remember. That's my website. You can reach me through there. I'm on Facebook. Uh, my cell phone is 480-363-2820. And I'll be happy to help anybody, anybody that can. Awesome, man. Scott, just want to say thanks for uh, coming on the show today. We totally appreciate you. Talk. A, a lot of great nuggets. And I really just love to hear the outline of what someone like you does during the day. That just shows to my followers that, hey, do this. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. So I appreciate right. that. For you that, that are watching, make sure to check out fearlessagent.com uh, for the absolute most affordable training and coaching. Uh, there is also a free on-demand 45-minute webinar for the five presentations that every real estate agent must know to be successful in this business. And then, once again, mojosales.com. It's the database uh, CRM I've used since 2010. I auto-dial from it every day. I actually work and prospect, and it contains over 30,000 names, numbers, emails, and mailing addresses that I work every single day with me and my sales team, so I highly recommend it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you on the next show. Thanks, Colton. Hey everyone, did you like this episode? Well, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. If you want free content and world-class training on inner game, real estate, and turning the impossible into possible and the invisible into visible, well, visit me at winningtheinnergame.com and enter your name and email to the winner circle. We'll see you there.